Welcome back to the Stuck in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Jenny, coming to you on a Tuesday, May 16th, without, unfortunately, my two co-hosts, Jake and Greg. Uh, they got, they're pretty busy with work right now, but I wanted to get some of these headlines in, these NBA playoff headlines in before uh, we get before it gets too late. But I will be joined with one of our old Penn State friends, Keith Smith, um, coming on to talk Celtic Sixers, Doc Rivers firing, other NBA headlines throughout the NBA playoffs. And even um, even some uh, NBA uh, lottery, NBA lottery talk. We'll talk uh, Victor Wembanyama, where we think he's going to land, and what we think is the best landing spot for him. But uh, yeah, that's really it. And uh, let's get into it. Sunday afternoon, we saw the Celtics, my team, come up and whoop on Keith's team. Obviously, without Jake and Greg today. But, Keith, I wanted to get your thoughts. Like, there's so many emotions that I bet you're feeling right now. And it's like, well, like, what am I, what else am I supposed to think? Cause, like, there's so many different ways you can interpret it. But, like, I don't know. I don't know what, it, like, a, I don't know from a, from the eyes of a Sixers fan how you would feel. I mean, it, it's really just pointless at this point. It feels like we do the same thing every year because we do. I've been saying it for about two years now. We're the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. It's brutal because uh, we can't make the conference chip. And it's just, like, annoying because, like, in the biggest game of the season, like, Tobias Harris, who is known for disappearing, actually shows up and is just your leading scorer. And nobody else shows up, not Embiid, not Harden, and not Tyrese Maxey. So it's just it's just frustrating when none of your best players show up. And I don't know if that's the Sixers. I don't know if it's the Celtics defense being back with that lineup. But it's just it's just annoying. No, I, I get that. Like, I think my, my thought yesterday, and like, I, I mean, I've seen it. We, we both have seen it, like, all over, all over, the, so, over social media and sports media and whatever. I personally don't believe it's a doc thing, but like there are some people and I don't know if you're one of those people that probably does believe it. But like my question to you would be is like, is it worth blowing everything up and trying to see if the Sixers can get somewhere that they haven't been by just getting rid of everybody like Embiid included? I mean, I I feel like if you don't think it's a doc thing, you're not a real Sixers fan because it's clearly a Doc thing. Like, Doc has a few problems. Like, Doc leaves the bench in too long. Doc, I mean, anytime we have, like, a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter, it's always, like, a nail-biting finish. Like, and that's a problem. We can't we can't ever just close out. The one game against the Celtics, when we were up 18, like, every Sixers fan's nervous, and that's not how you're supposed to feel up 18. And it's like, you also have Doc, like, how do you not get him be the ball the last five minutes of game six? It's like when you see us go two to three minutes without getting him be the ball at the end of the game and the Celtics are taking a run, call a timeout, draw up a play for Embiid. Like, I just don't get that at all. And then on top of that, Doc is just like, it's like been three to four years. Like at some point, 
something's got to change. And like somebody, I'm watching Embiid take 40 footers on Sunday, like airballing them back to back because he keeps catching the ball at the top of the key. Like somebody has to tell him to get his ass in the paint and we have to, you know, change something up. I mean, I'd rather change him than change our players, even though I don't know if this group's going to necessarily win, but something's got to change. And I mean, he's got to be the full guy. Yeah, no, I mean, like my thing, I think with with you guys, and I mean, I I have the utmost respect for the Sixers. Obviously, as a Celtics fan, like it's hard for me to say that, but I know how good Embiid is. But I think, like to counter the to counter the um, the Doc thing is in like that situation where he didn't get the ball the last five minutes. Yes, I do agree that he could have taken a timeout and drawn a play up. But at the same time, I think it falls in the, on the teammates to say, all right, Harden, you have the ball in your hands the entire time. Get it to Embiid. He's our best player. That's one. Two, Embiid should be like dominant or have a dominant enough voice on that team to where he should be like, yo, give me the fucking ball or just go grab it out of his hands. And then three, like I, I heard Vince Carter talk about it on, on ESPN the last couple of days. Like I played, he was like, I played with Steve Nash. Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson, all of them knew like when to get me the ball in certain scenarios and like force feeding me the ball. Do you think that that could have been a reason or that could have, they're like, there could have been a mix, not a mix up, but you think that's one of the reasons why, like, I I just think Harden like didn't have like, doesn't have like a sense of urgency when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, like, yeah, no, Harden obviously was horrible. Like he played horrible. He did win us two games. So me personally, I'm not as harsh on him as, other people just because he did win us two games and we only won three games so I mean I don't really know how you can be harsh on a guy who basically took over two different games for us um but either way I mean he was horrible the last game he was horrible game six um and a lot of the blame falls on him but and B the thing is he's not Jokic he's not Giannis where he's not a big guy where he's gonna you know catch the ball at the three-point line and create, like, he needs to be given the ball. He's like a Shaq. Like, he's like a an old-school big man. Like, he yeah. needs he needs someone to set him up. So, like, we have to draw him up a play or at least draw him up into his spot. And they kept doubling him, but, like, it doesn't matter. We have to get him the ball at the end of the game. He draws fouls. He's just a problem. So, I mean – we saw it pretty much every game. There was no game where Embiid closed the game out. So, like, I mean, but at least the games where we got him the ball, like, at least we got to the free throw line. And those were the games we won, I feel like, was where Embiid was attacking at the end of the game. So, right. I just I just don't like not getting him the ball at the end of the game. He's the MVP. He dropped 52 on them before. They clearly don't like guarding him. That's why they double him. So, I mean, get him the ball. How much of an impact do you think that lineup switch the Celtics made impacted them? Because I feel like I mean, with Embiid, like, and I know you probably just hinted at it, but like, I feel like with Embiid, and a lot of it plays with his injury too. Um, I think people are kind of like sweeping that under a rug a little bit because like everybody knows, like he did, he was battling like a pretty like not like like major injury, but he was battling like a pretty pretty like good injury. Um, Definitely, but. I think Robert Williams, like I was I was hard pressing Missoula to do it, like all series. Like last year, the the impact he had in the defensive end all playoffs was absurd. And then we come in this year, maybe it was I mean, I know like he had an injury himself too, but like at some point, just let him 
like let him get warmed up in that starter role. Like let him let like the chemistry of that offense of that starting five with Robert Williams at the five and Horford at the four, that big like six seven plus from two to five, like that's got to play some sort of factor in Embiid kind of struggling in that aspect. Yeah, I mean I completely agree. I mean Al Horford defended Embiid well, and I think that I mean I've always said that that lineup is like maybe the best defensive lineup I've seen at least in the modern NBA, I mean, last year I put a future on the Celtics plus 4,000 just because that lineup was so dominant for about a two- to three-game stretch, and they played the Sixers, and they beat them by 50 and held them to, like, I don't know, less than 100 points like they did the last two games when they switched to the lineup. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's a great defensive lineup. So, I mean, I think we'll find out how good it is when we – watch this heat series but i mean i think that lineup's already proven itself time and time again and i don't know if anyone's going to be able to beat that lineup yeah i think that the west though has a chance i i, I kind of like the west yeah um last two things on the sixers before we move on to the our conference finals previews where do you think Harden's going to land after this year? I don't know what Daryl Morey has in, has in store for him. Um, obviously, it's going to be a long offseason for him. Um, and then with Doc Rivers getting fired, um, I know I if, if it was me, I probably wouldn't have fired him. But again, I'm not a Sixers fan. I've always loved Doc Rivers. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Um, who do you think they, they are going to bring in, or who do you think are the top candidates for that? Um, I do have a feeling that Harden, I think, is going to end up staying in Philly. Um, I don't necessarily know that for a fact, but I could easily see a Harden and D'Antoni uh, reunion. Um, other than that, uh, I'm, I'm kind of upset because I wanted the Sixers to grab Emay. So the fact that he's already off the market is, you know, kind of disappointing. So, I mean, I would also take Nick Nurse. I think he's a really good coach. Um, I think that those two are the front runners in my head i don't want frank vogel i don't think he's really that good of a coach um but uh james harden i I feel like he's gonna end up staying with the sixers i just don't know why if not the sixers i'd probably say yeah i mean i could see him go back to houston i mean that's what all the reports are saying i mean i hate to say something boring but yeah no i mean that just feels like where everyone's saying he's gonna go yeah, I mean, I think my first thought for coach, at least like if you're <clears throat> if you want to hire someone that's like in-house, I think you go Sam Cassell or Monty Williams. I know he has a relationship with with the entire you know, Sixers. Uh, I do not want Monty Williams. I would no. take Sam Cassell. No, 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 not Monty Williams at all. I would take <laughs> Sam Cassell. Um, I like Sam Cassell's relationship with Tyrese Maxey. Um, I was not a Sam Cassell guy when he was a player, so that's always why I push him to the side but um he's a freaky but, uh, bull, I don't think so. huh he's a freaky bull too though Sam <laughs> I don't call him that yeah I like I think I, I do agree with you I think Harden does stay in Philly I, he has like that what 30 like 30 million 20 some million player option that he wants to pick up but that's you ever I, seen you ever seen you ever seen the video of Sam Cassell getting interviewed by a little kid who calls him an alien. <laughs> no. Yeah, you gotta check that out. Like after <laughs> this, go on YouTube, type in Sam Cassell, little kid interviewing him, <laughs> calls him alien. 
it's the funniest video ever. It's the funniest video ever. I gotta do that. Um, but no, like what I was talking about with Harden, like I think he's gonna pick up that player or that player option. I, I I would assume so. Like I, I can't see him going anywhere else and actually getting the money that he wants. Um, and I feel like that one place that he would go that they would give him the money would be Houston, but at the same time, like they just hired Ime Udoka. Harden doesn't want to play a lick of defense outside of reaching and gaps and you know, trying to get like one or two steals a game from that. Um, and Ime Doka is like a, he's a big defensive guy. Like, I just don't see well, that. I just don't see that meshing, but if, if he goes in that direction. Me either. And also I, the main thing about Harden too, is that I really just, for some reason, he's afraid to look at the rim now and he drives to the rim and he's looking like already out to the corner three before he looks at the rim. And I'm like, like you became one of the best scorers in the league by attacking the rim and finishing at the rim. Why do you do this? Like, and, and the bigger the moment, the worse the passes get. And it's just so frustrating. Also, when he does go up, he just usually loses the ball before he even gets, you know, fouled or anything. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. That's also something that's not going to fly with Ime Udoka. So yeah. honestly, the more we talk about it, I really don't see him going to the Rockets. I would say he's either going to go stay with the Sixers, which I think is really the leader. And if not, I'm going to have to come back on where I think. I want to pick like somewhere weird that he might end up. I've been like hearing, not, I've been hearing like Suns murmurs. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. I don't see them bringing him in, though, just because their whole problem this year was, uh, you know, depth. And bringing him in isn't going to help their depth. You know what I mean? That's their whole problem. They need more depth. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, let's I, move. I've to... heard. I've heard. Go I've ahead. heard they might try to trade uh, DeAndre and Chris Paul. They should. Well, depth. I mean, that's 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 step one. They definitely should. I mean, Aiton's been a cancer in that locker room all year, and then CP is one of those like aging guys that's like still capable of like leading a team with other like starts like other star talent, but. With his injury history, at least in the last couple of years, like I just don't know if you can rely on him, let alone you know just just himself. And then Aiton is just a head case. Like I love Aiton, I think he's a good player. It's just he's soft, he's sorry. Like I, I don't know, I I can't really express much with him. He's so much better on two K than he is in real life. Like oh my god, like so much better. So <laughs> he's like Shaq. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But no, like even I think you raise a good point about the depth with with, uh, with the Suns. If like you have Booker and you have KD locked up at least until I think 2025 or 2026, 2025, whatever it is. If they can just get like four, like three or four solid like rotational pieces, they there's no reason in my mind they couldn't win enough. They couldn't win a championship or two, especially in the West. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um... I mean, Devin Booker, I've always said it. I, I said it years ago. Um, if you score 70 points in a game at 20 years old, like, at some point, like, we're just going to have to realize that you're one of those guys that's a scorer. And those guys usually don't fold in the playoffs. Those guys are made for the playoffs, and they absolutely light it up in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be him for the next 10 years in his career. Yeah, I agree. Let's move to the uh, West. Let's move to the conference finals previews. And I want to start with the West. We have Denver Nuggets who have been 
who honestly, in my eyes, um, even as a Celtics fan talking as a, a, a guy that bleeds green, um, I, I think Denver has been the, the, the front runner all year, like in all playoffs. I think they've looked like the best team top to bottom. Um, their starters, like it's just, it, everything is so cohesive in the way they run, you know, their offense and how they show that, how they're, how connected they are on defense. Um, and then the Lakers who I, I would love to see them matching up with the Celtics in the finals. Um, what do you, how do you see that turn? How do you see that series playing out? And even tonight, like tonight's going to be a battle in my eyes. I think tonight's going to say a lot about the series. I really think it's going to come down to Jokic versus AD. And I mean, personally, in my head, I give the nod to Jokic just because he's more consistent and AD takes nights off and also might get hurt. So I kind of give the nod to Jokic. But if AD is able to do this, kind of like he did in the bubble, then I don't know. Like, I've always not, I've always been one of those guys that's, refuses to put ad in his like top five but i mean if ad can take the lakers to this championship i mean braun is obviously a part of it a huge part of it mm. but i mean this is a huge series for anthony davis i i think either way this series is going six or seven though oh absolutely i i totally agree um honestly like and i i've told you 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 obviously are a huge lebron fan i'm I've never really been a giant LeBron fan, but losing to the Warriors last last year, last summer, just kind of like fueled my hatred for every single one of those players. So like when they <laughs> when they beat the Warriors, I was like, thanks, it's like thank you God, because I I honestly have a deeper hatred for the Warriors now than I do LeBron. So like the the how much I like LeBron, it's still probably very minimal to compared to like you and any, many other LeBron stands like. But he is growing on me. So I would like to see him against the Celtics. I'm pretty sure that's what every NBA fan wants to see. Um, but no, uh, that, that's definitely not what every NBA fan wants to see. That's well, what ratings, the NBA ratings wise, yes. Ratings wise, yes. That's what the NBA wants to see. So, so what do you want to see? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best series, honestly. It's just. <laughs> It's just nobody ever wants to see that. That's like watching like Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> no, like no one wants to watch that. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it would be a cool storyline. Like you get you get let's say let's see like for my sake let's say the Celtics win in that in that series and it goes like to six or seven whatever it may be. I just think like LeBron passing the torch to Tatum. What a story that would be. Like that would be something. Yeah. Would be something I would pay a lot of money to see. I mean, I'm a Duke fan, so like Tatum's my guy, but like, I don't know. Like, we don't need to have all that right now. My the only good scenario for Sixers fans is basically the Lakers to win because if Jokic wins, everyone's gonna say, "Oh, he should have won MVP." And if Jimmy Butler wins, everyone's like, "You guys are idiots. Why would you trade him?" And if the Celtics win. That's just our rivals, so it's just like, and they beat us, so it's like. But wouldn't like, you? Ra- no good scenario. Wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you just rather loot or have the team that you lost to win the chip? Like, I feel like that's like the Never. kind of thing where, like, if you're like the like different sport, but like if you're in the NCAA tournament and like you lose to Duke and they ended up winning the national championship, you feel a little bit better about yourself. No, I root for the team that my team loses to to crash and burn. If you guys <laughs> got swept by the Heat. 
I would never be happier. Like, I do not want to see you guys win anything. First of all, it's not even like you're any team. It's Sixers Celtics. But it's also like, there's just no way I ever, ever want the team that beat me to win the championship. Like, if they do, then I'll use it as an excuse. But there's no shots I want them to win. I want them to get swept or blown out or embarrassed. Like, literally. That's every time. That's fair. So, and we're, we're I'm going to kind of circle back to the to the game seven Sixers game. But how impressive was the 51 point performance by Tatum? Being that you are a Duke fan, but you're also a diehard Sixers fan. To me, it wasn't necessarily that impressive. Like, I also wasn't that impressed. I felt like by the Steph 50 point game. Um, I mean, there's so many playoff games that I think of where I'm like, that was iconic. Those are not going to be two of the games that I think of. It felt like, first of all, Tatum was stat padding a little bit. Um, the Sixers gave up, which is on them. And it's not really Jason Tatum's fault or responsibility to to slow down because they're slowing down. But, I mean, he just, like, you know, attacked the opportunity to, to kick them while they're down, kind of. So I didn't find it as impressive, like, I mean, he was on fire. He he was he was unconscious, and he realized that Embiid couldn't guard his three ball, which was on fire. Um, but I didn't find it that impressive. Same with Steps. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it was an average performance. When I think of great games, I think of, I mean, LeBron scoring, you know, thirty out of thirty one of the last Cavs points against the Pistons when they were you know underdogs. I think of also LeBron. You know that Celtics game where. He was unconscious in the first half, and you're like, "Wow!" Like we're watching one of the greatest performances ever. Like, I don't I think, think of. I'm I not think you think do. Ra- I think you do raise a good point, though. Like, obviously, as a Celtics fan, I'm going to say that it's a great performance. I think it's it's one of, if not one one of the greatest Game Seven performances. Not I'm going to exclude Finals appearances or Finals performances, but everything prior to that, I would consider it. But like, I think you do raise a good point in that both of like the Steph Curry and the Tatum games, both of those games were not close at all. Like exactly. It, I like in, from a stat padding perspective, you have, you do, it, it does hold water. Um, but like, I'm trying to think how to, how to phrase this, but like, there's you, you, when you look at those two performances, you're like, okay, well the, the, the points, the second half points, at least for him, were not as hard to come by as like, let's say like a LeBron finals appearance or a LeBron, 40 point game in the conference semis or something like that. So I get, I get it from that aspect. But when I think of an even more impressive, like Jason Tatum performance, I would even go with the 46 he dropped last year at Milwaukee game six. Like when you guys were down three, two and you had a chance to be out the playoffs and Giannis was looking like he was going to go back to the conference finals. Jason Tatum dropped 46 to Giannis is 44 outdueled him and led you guys to a win i find that way more impressive than the 51 he dropped in game seven like it's just sometimes there are moments and sometimes there's like stat padding and sometimes there's like you know being on fire but like it's it's not it's just not as impressive as like you know other games where you're like wow that game was crazy like yeah it's just not it's not one of those games yeah, no, I, 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 I more than used to talk about that. I, I think I do agree. Um, at least, I mean, like Durant, Durant, Durant's forty-five with the Nets in Game Seven. Yeah, was way more impressive than than either Steph or or um 
or Tatum, and even though it went to double overtime, just if you watch that game, you're like, wow, Durant has the Nets completely on his back going against Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and he's just giving them buckets, like buckets after buckets, and they're doing whatever they can to stop him, trying, they know it's close, and he's just killing them. Like, that's what I think of when I think of impressive. Like, not Embiid and Harden sluggishly running up the court and then Tatum being like, oh, time to go try hard and, and hitting a couple threes. Like, no, I think – I, I, yeah, I, I could get behind that argument. I mean, I'm not going to back the argument, but I, I could, I, I could definitely see why. You see it. Yeah, no, I, I could see it. Um, let's go back to the, to the uh, Lakers Nuggets game one tonight in what, an hour. Where do you, what do you see that score being? Like, how, how do you see that game shaking out? Um, I mean, as I'm saying, I think it's going to come down to AD. The Nuggets are very tough to beat at home. Um, and the Lakers, the Lakers have gotten off the good starts in the series. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a real tight game. I think, gun to my head, I would take – I mean, the Lakers beat them in the bubble, so I think they might be in their head a little. I, I think I'm going to take the Nuggets. I think I'm going to take the Nuggets by – I, between one and three. So I'd take Lakers spread. I think Lakers are plus six. So I'd take Lakers spread. I'd take Nuggets money line. I like that. I would probably – I mean, I have Lakers in seven, uh, and I do think the Lakers are going to steal – I mean, obviously they have to steal one. Um, they have to steal Definitely. one on the road. But uh, I I think I would agree with you. I, I'm not sure that one game they're going to steal is going to be game one. I think they're going to have to, like, feel out you know, wait a couple games and then take maybe like game five or something like that or whatever it is, whenever they play at home or on the road. Um, but no, I, I would say Nuggets tonight. I'm going to say Nuggets by four to six. So I'll take I'll take Nuggets, maybe alt spread, like Nuggets minus four and a half probably. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not um, bad. Um. Go for it. I was going to say, uh, I mean, we can break down the Western Conference final a little more, but if you if you want to get into another topic real quick, NBA-related, I'd love to know your thoughts on uh, where Dan Lillard's going. I think, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the Eastern Conference uh, thing later, but I do want to attack this because this is, this is the kind of point that I was going to bring up when we were talking about like AD and AD's importance to me, and this is going to circle back to Dame as well. Um, but to me, and obviously Embiid is a, is a phenomenal player, but like he's a top five, top three talent, whatever you want to say. I feel like he doesn't have the staying power on a, or a, the impact on a, on a championship team that a guard would have simply because he doesn't have the ball in his hands as we've seen. And I think that if we're going to like, let's say Dame does go to the Sixers, right? I think the Sixers would be one of, if not the favorite to go to the finals out of the East come next year. If that were to happen and Harden was not on the team simply because I think that Embiid can be the best player on a championship team, but I think he needs someone with a more like proven resume in the playoffs. Well, even Dame doesn't have a proven resume in the playoffs, but he is like a, at this stage of his career, he's more of a certified scorer that can just go out and get a bucket whenever he needs to. 
that yeah, make, I do. Yeah, I, def- I definitely hear you. Um, I mean, in, in terms of your, your Dame to the Sixers point, I just don't see Dame taking us any farther, really, um, just because Dame really is not good in the playoffs. Like, Dame has been, you know, beaten basically by every team in the West, especially the Warriors, which you can't really fall in for that. But just the way he loses, he's usually going out in four or five games to any team in the West, and it's always in the conference, uh, you know, conference semis or the conference quarters. He's made one conference finals against the Warriors. He got lucky, and KD was hurt. And they should have won that series too, by the way. I was going to say they they got swept and they had a 15 point lead in all four of the games. Yeah. To me, that was inexcusable. To me, going averaging 31 and then getting guarded up by Drew Holiday on the Pelicans and getting swept as a three seed to a six seed, that's unacceptable. So for me, Dame is he's got playoff buzzer beaters, he's got the first round clutch gene. But for me, he's just not – he's not a, a winner, and I hope he goes somewhere else and can prove me wrong or at least go somewhere else and, you know, can get deeper in the playoffs because, I mean, he is very good, but when people try to compare him to Steph Curry, it, it, it really makes me annoyed. <laughs> like, it's, he's not even close. Like, we're talking about a four-time champ, and we're talking about a dude who has no wins in the Western Conference Finals. Like, we can't compare that. It's understandable. So, I mean, I think if, if he doesn't go to the Sixers, and I think this the only way he would go to the Sixers is if Harden either was in a sign-and-trade or just decided not to take his player option just dip. But I think, like, the most likely scenario would probably be the Knicks. Am I wrong? I was hearing the Nets because apparently he's really cool with Michael or Michael Bridges. So um, I'm, I'm hearing the Nets, honestly. That'd be fun. I would hate that for yeah, that'd be cool. day, but because I don't want them to I was gonna say, suck their dick every five seconds. <laughs> I was going to say Greg's going to be so hyped, but it, he's also not going to be that hype, I feel like, because he's going to know that they have a ceiling still. Because oh, Dan's yeah. not coming to the East. Dan's not coming to the East and doing anything. Like, he's not beating the Celtics. That's the problem with the Sixers, too, as you were saying. Like, you're saying, like, Embiid can't, like, dictate an offense, and he can't. And that's the frustrating part because Giannis and Jokic, to some extent, can. And then everyone else basically is either a guard or a wing player that's dominant in the league. So they all control the ball offense and control the ball. The problem for us with the Celtics is that you guys have a mismatch at every position. You have three guards that, that can literally defend and score. You have two big men who can defend and, you know, put in a – well, Al Horford can put in a three and – uh, Rob Williams is always there for a dunk. And then you have Tatum and Brown, who are probably two of the top six wing players in the league. It's oh, like yeah. it's like a it's just a it's just a huge mismatch everywhere around. Like we have Tyrese Maxey who's small, we have James Harden who's old, and we have Embiid who can't run an offense. So it's just we don't we don't have we don't have the formula to, to win. <laughs> yeah. So Let's see. Uh, you're gonna guess that you're gonna take the Nets. I'm gonna take the Nets for where for where uh, Dan's gonna end up. Yeah, I think I I do like that connection. I just think like if 
if Dame really wants the spotlight at this point in his career, I would love, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would love to see him and Brunson in a backcourt together in New York. That'd be so fun. Yeah, that would be, that would be fun. The Knicks are, the Knicks are interesting. They're just not that good. There's, I love this time of year because Knicks fans all get so hyped. They're like, oh, who we're going to get, who we're going to get, who we're going to get. They get gassed up up all the time. Oh, yeah. And apparently this year it's Giannis. So can't (laughs) wait for them to to gas up getting Giannis and then not get Giannis. That's my favorite. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals prediction. I know we have the game tomorrow at 830. Um, And then we'll do do this. And then I want to touch on the – I want to touch on the – what's it called? The NBA lottery that happens in about – 20 minutes or so. Um, but no, Celtics Heat. Obviously, the Celtics are, I think, seven and a half or eight point favorites as of right now going into the game on tomorrow night. What are your predictions for tomorrow night's game? And then what are your predictions for the series? And what do you think are like the main keys that we should be looking for? See, I don't think that the Celtics are going to come out and lose another game one. Um, I really just can't see that happening. But I have a weird feeling about this series only because I feel like there might be a huge coaching mismatch, which sometimes can, can, can be a problem. And if this coaching mismatch is as big as I think it might be, it could be a huge problem. The only saving grace for you guys, I think, is that death lineup. So I think the matchup's going to be that death lineup versus Eric Spolstra. And I really think that this is going to be a tighter series than people think. Totally agree. Like I, I think walking in, like walking into the series, or at least you know, well, taking a look at every everything that I can at this point. Like I, I want to take the Celtics, and I will take the Celtics. But I would, I, like I, I would want to take them in like five or six. But God knows that ain't happening. It's going to be like a, it's going to be a seven game series either way. I feel like Jimmy has been playing on a like nuclear level all series or all playoffs long. Eric Spolcher is one of the top 10 best coaches of all time. The only thing that gives me confidence is the fact that Tyler Hero may not be available all series. And last year he obliterated us as well as uh, Victor Oladipo, and he's not playing either. So like, those are the two things that I, that gives me like a little confidence that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, like that they won't be able to overcome Jason Tatum and, and the Celtics and Jalen Brown and all those guys. You've bolstered top ten all time. Yes. Without a coach of the year award, without that, that might be true, but I don't know. That's going to be close. Where that's going to be close. Who do, you, who do you rank higher, him or Doc Rivers? I mean, I'm I'm taking Eric Spolster. That's why. Yeah. But I'm saying so. You got Pop. You got Phil Jackson. You got Red Hour back. You got um, Pat. Pat Riley. Of course, of course, those four. That's that's easy. Um, other guys. I mean, you got you got to take Steve Kerr, right? Uh, I think accolades wise, yes. Accolades wise, yes. Well, also, I mean, he came over, took over a team that was an eight seed, made two coaching adjustments. And literally turned them into a dynasty. Yeah. So I mean, and he has four rings. So 
So like, and and six what? No, five finals appearances, mm-hmm. six finals appearances, six finals appearances. Four out of six, Spolster's got two out of five. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to put Steve Kerr over him. Yeah, I mean, and then, like, there's Larry Brown, there's Chuck Daly, there's what I'm saying, dude. Don Nelson, like, I mean, I would still put Spolstra over some of the, like, I would put, would you put Spolstra over, like, George Carl, Rick Carlisle? I think I would. I was going to say George Carl, probably. Um, Rick Carlisle. I also think that Spolstra, to get top 10 all time, is going to have to win a chip without LeBron. You can't just go off of those two LeBron chips, and four out of his five finals appearances are LeBron finals appearances, and then the other one's a bubble one. Like, I don't know, man. I got. I think I got to see more because Braun went to what nine out of ten finals and and has been to what eleven or twelve now. Like, yeah. I mean, like, like I can't really give him credit for that. Like, mm-hmm. like so I, I think I think I'm gonna have to see him win a championship without LeBron to, to give him that at least even consideration to be top ten all time. I just think the one thing that like kind of puts me over the top with him and I. I, I think when I think of like great coaches, at least at the college level too, I think of guys that have done the most with the least, at least like with, with in, in Spolster's case, obviously you can't bring up the LeBron era with, with that, from that argument alone, but post LeBron <laughs> era, he's been to the conference finals. How many times? Four. I think, yeah, three or four times. Yeah. And then you go to the NBA finals once, Right? Is it once? Yeah, one one finals appearance pending on this year. And he's still stupid young. So like he's got a lot of time. Yeah, I think he could easily finish up top ten all time. I just don't know if I'm willing to put him there yet. Yeah. No, that's a fair argument. Um, so Sixers or Sixers uh Heat Celtics. I wish. Game one. What do we what do we think? See, I like both of these series just because I think that both of them are going to come down very much so to, like, early. Early we're going to see a lot. I think the Celtics are going to win game one, and I think the Heat are going to adjust well. I think they're going to adjust well this series, and I think Missoula's not going to be necessarily ready for it. Um, It's also going to come down to Tatum, and, and I mean, as much as Tatum... Uh, can act like he, I mean, you know, was the man now because he had a great last five quarters. He was 12 minutes away from being excommunicated from Boston. So, yeah, like I, I'm still, I'm still watching that because you don't just go one for 15. Like that's not a normal thing. And there's no way the defense changed that much. Especially so we're going to have caliber. To- especially for his caliber, it's definitely not a. It's not just like a freak thing, so I'm I'm on that wave with you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see. You know what always surprises me about the Celtics? You guys don't give Peyton Pritchard any tick. <laughs> I do love Yo, me some, I do love me some Peyton Pritchard. He's tough. He is so it's crazy. Nice. You guys, you guys are so you guys are so deep. Like it's crazy. Like your team like literally has like. 10, 11 guys, I feel like they could all play and contribute on teams. But like during the during the uh the early on in the Sixers series and then late or like early on in the 
in the Hawks series. I was like, where the hell? Are, why are we not playing Grant Williams? I love Grant. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. The energy he plays with. He he was a, he was phenomenal last in last year's playoffs, like knocking down threes, huge like big timely threes, and then he's virtually a no show in this. Two time SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I I, I, I like Missoula. I think Missoula is like a good up and coming coach, and he's obviously very very young, has a lot to learn. But there are some parts of. Like any same thing that you said about Doc Rivers, like maybe not calling timeouts at the right at the right occasions for him, um, some lineup adjustments that he's made, or some not a lot of adjustments that he hasn't made. Like there are some things that he does. I'm just like, okay, when are we going to make a change? Because this is going to result in losing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what I feel about Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, he's he's just really bad. Up ten to 15 with like eight minutes left it's crazy like and you can't be bad at that point in the game because that's supposed to be time to coast to win so i was always worried i thought you know it can't happen three times because you know we got the kawasha we got the ben simmons pass but now we have the jason tatum 51 point game so i mean it might just be a curse at this point we'll see yeah what do you what are you taking series wise? You taking Heat? You taking Celtics six seven or five six seven? Uh, betting wise, I think I'm going to take Heat plus one and a half games, which means I like Heat to either win or or take it to seven because um, they'll probably get some good value on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm going to take. Uh, see, there's like three questions I have. My questions are definitely how often are you guys going to play the death lineup? Um, how hurt is Jimmy Butler's ankle? Because I think that might be being underreported. And he didn't take over like scoring-wise those last two Knicks games. And I think that that might be why. So I want to know how good his ankle is. And then I also want to know if Tyler Hero might come back. Because there's murmurs of that. Um, <laughs> Huh? I'm really hoping he doesn't. I mean, I don't even know because I feel like they might have found something without him. Um, but I would say, I would say, as of now, I'll take Celtics in seven. But I think if Jimmy Butler's healthy, <clears throat> then it's going to be Heat in seven. So I think it's. I think. I think that's what. It, I think that's the difference. I think Eric Spolster's coaching can help them prevail. He just needs a healthy Jimmy Butler. So if everyone's healthy, I like the Heat in seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Celtics in seven for the simple fact that Hero is not or has is will not be fully available for the entire series. I know for game one he's doubtful, probably out at this point. But I think a, I think a big question for this series, and I know it was last year or last time they matched up last year, the aggressiveness of Bam Adebayo. Because, like, there were several occasions last year where he would, like, be pretty much pedestrian in several games, like like 8, 12, eight to 12 points pedestrian. So, like, if he yeah, should – Like, if he decides to show up, what, like, you know, f- like four or five of these games, six – like four or five, six, seven of these games, like, there's a real possibility – like, real possible chance Celtics could get, like, legitimately beat in six or seven games. 
Yeah, I completely agree, but he's not known for showing up much. Um, Bam is, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that has all the talent in the world, but sometimes it, it just doesn't show up. And he's going to have to show up every single game because he's got Al Horford and Robert Williams to deal with. So it's just like, it's really going to come down to him, but I think it's really going to come down to Jimmy and that ankle. So, and to, to Spoh's coaching, I really think that Spoh's about to if, – if Spoh if Spo is as good a coach as everyone thinks he is and if he's top ten all the time, he will prove it this series. That's a fair statement. After my field. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Because Joe Mazzula is a rookie. And yeah. that's an indictment on Doc Rivers as well. So do you? But Doc Rivers was even able to get him to seven, so that's why I'm like, okay, let's. Would, would you say though that that like for example last year with Ime Udoka being a rookie head coach, not, obviously not as young as Missoula is now, do you think that Kerr had a coaching advantage on him? Well, I think that Ime Udoka is like a ghost hanging over the Celtics, and I think it's worse just because if you never have Ime and you just have Joe, and this happens then you don't know what Emei was, but everyone knows what Emei was, and everyone loved Emei, and Emei had that presence, and Mm -hmm. Emei had them clicking on all cylinders, and they were blowing teams out, and they had to beat the Bucs, where where it was like really a a big moment, and they beat the Bucs, and then they had to beat the one-seed Heat, and that was huge for them, and you know they had to play the Warriors, and they really had a chance to win that series, and I just think that now it's like, who's this guy? Like, yeah, we're doing the same things, but is it more us? Because, like, we know how now. Like, Ime was the guy. Because if you ask any of the players and you give them truth to him, I think they're all saying, yeah, we'd rather have Ime as the coach. Like, yeah, no, I don't I, think I, that any of them are really saying we want Joe. No, as a Celtics fan, I can assure you I would much rather have Ime. Um, I mean, I exactly. love I, I love Missoula's energy. Like, I, I, love how, I love his intensity. I love his energy. Um, but for me to sit here and then say that I – that I think that he's like, I, I don't think I could sit, sit, sit here. Like it, let's say this playoff started tomorrow. I don't think I could sit here and say that he's 100% ready for this, for what's coming. And I think like what you, what you said about it's more the players now holds a lot of water because like the progression of Tatum Brown smart has obviously been great. Robert Williams, um, Al Horford's defense has been obviously, obviously phenomenal. And then, you know, the addition of Brogdon was obviously huge too. Um, so I think it is more player. I think I think they are relying more on just the player skill set and player freedom on offense more than anything else. I think I'm going to bet on the Heat and the and the Lakers plus the points for these first two games. I'm going to okay. take the Heat plus eight, and I'm going to take the Lakers plus six and a half. Okay. I, I like I like the I like the dog spreads just because I feel like these are very tight series. I mean. This Lakers game, I feel like, could potentially get out of hand if AD doesn't show up. But that's always a risk you take when you bet on the Lakers. Yeah, I think I will agree with you, at least for the Heat. I think they cover, but I don't think they'll win. I think it'll. I think they'll cover the seven and a half or eight points, whatever it is right now. But I think the Celtics probably walk away with like a three to five point win would be my guess. I like the under too, under two ten and a half, just because I feel like these teams always get after it and play, you know. I was, I was so shocked that the under hit in the Celtics Sixers game seven. I was so shocked. Yeah, I was. I knew the only way it would hit was just if 
the uh, if the Sixers didn't score enough, then of course we 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 definitely did that. We didn't score. We we had fifty two points at halftime, and with a minute thirty left in the quarter, we had fifty eight. So we scored six points for the first ten and a half minutes of the quarter. Like, yeah, we're just not going to win like that. Yeah, and the under is going to hit like that every time. <laughs> No, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. Uh, obviously, don't envy you because as a Celtics fan, I, I, or as a Boston sports fan, I know winning probably more than anybody else. Saying that not like in a douchebag way, but saying that as a, like a, a you lucky, can't, you're in not, a lucky you don't way. just get away. In a lucky, you don't just get away with saying that. Like you can't just get away with saying that and then be like, not a douchebag way. I just know winning better than everyone. Get out of here. Like, no, no, no. But you, you, you do under but you do understand what I'm saying though. You don't barely remember the Celtics winning a chip. So like I don't even know if that one counts. No, um, I do. I do. Full, fully remember. I was the eight. Red Sox, you the Red Sox, you remember two of them. Red Sox, uh, I remember. Uh yeah, you're probably right. Two or three. And then and then the Patriots, that's over. That's finito. So you might never see you might never see another Super Bowl in your life. But you might never make it back. You guys have like the twelfth best quarterback in the AFC. So you yeah. might you might actually have picked the worst times to win because now your kids are gonna be like, Wow, we used to be winners and it's gonna be like, Yeah, but we haven't won in fifty years. We're the Lions now. That it's is, gonna be crazy. <laughs> that it's is gonna be crazy. You're I do never I, winning. You're never winning football again like that. So that's just that's just a wrap. So it's the best, especially with the Eagles now being like the Georgia of the NFL. In the modern times, the Heat are more, much more significant to the NBA than you. Oh yeah, no, modern. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, like I, I'm saying, as a as a Boston sports fan, I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky to say that I'm accustomed to that. We, that fans are accustomed to winning. If that makes the Bruins, sense. The Bruins dominated this postseason. Yeah, really, dominated. <laughs> dominated. Biggest job in NHL history. Hint, hint. It looks so good. Um, let's let's talk about the uh, the uh, what's it called the lottery that starts in a minute. I know we've had our back and forth conversations about Wembenyama and whether he should go one. He obviously will go one because his skill set is phenomenal. He's a seven foot four unicorn. But here you I've go. Always, here you I've go. Always... To, here you go. Here you go. Trying to avoid what is really going on here because it's not we've had these conversations. You literally, for some reason, think Scoot Henderson is going to be better than him, which is an absurd take. I mean, it's I'm if 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 injuries did not exist, I would tell you that Wembenyama is going to be the greatest player to ever exist. But, and unfortunately, injuries do play a big role in the, in the NBA and in all sports. And 40, or in ever since Wembenyama has come, has started playing professional games overseas, he's only played in 40% of his games. So if that continues, then I think I'd rather have Scoot Henderson than Victor Wembenyama. Yeah, but you're going to draft based off of injury scare? Like, you have to base, you have to draft based off of what's going to possibly change the league. Like, yeah, I mean, he could bust basically because of injury, but like, 
you have that's, to take that's a the chance thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend. I don't know if I want to spend like that high of a pick or like that high of a guaranteed pick on a non-guaranteed thing health-wise. You're going to spend you're, – instead, though, you're going to spend the number one pick when you could get a generational talent like a LeBron or like a Michael Jordan, and you want to grab – you want to grab who? Like Scoot Henderson, who could end up being like – I mean, Ant Edwards is good, but like he could be like an Ant Edwards. He could be like a – on the low end, he could be like a – who's that guy out of Kansas back in the day? Josh something, he was terrible. Oh, Josh Jackson. Jackson. Josh Jackson. Like, you're going to grab Josh Jackson at number one overall. You're going to pull an Anthony Bennett and have the everyone, like, look back in, like, five years and be like, what were you thinking? Like, my thing is this. You can't pass up on it. My thing is this. If we name all the the unicorn prospects over the last 10, 10, 20 years, aside from LeBron, what like which one of them has has panned out to this point? I can't think of one. Who? But who are you? Who are you thinking of as unicorn prospects? Guys that are like out of the ordinary physically. So Victor Wembanyama, obviously we have we have to wait and see. Giannis. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Giannis is one. So that's two. Him and Braun. Um, Chet has yet to play. Zion has been yeah. injury has been injury riddled his entire career. Um, Chris Depps Porzingis is another unicorn kind of guy. Yeah, he, and and he really and, and he he he. I mean, I guess he's a bust because he went number four overall. But I mean, he's, he's a twenty point a game scorer, twenty and ten guy. So like for me, like that's not bad. You know what I mean? So, would you say that that's the the? Did you say, would you say that that's the floor for Victor Wembanyama? That's what I'm saying. If he's healthy, I'm saying the floor for him is 20 and 10. If he can really hit the three ball and he can, he can really, you know, I mean, he can dunk without really jumping. So like he's going to get quick dunks all the time. He's the longest dude in the league pause, but he's the longest dude. in the league. <laughs> and he's going to be able to grab like boards, like 20 feet away and then like scoop it into the rim. He's literally put back dunking his own threes. Like, yeah. He's a freak, so he's going to be able to get points just because he's literally a freak. Like, there's no other reason he's going to get points. It's just he. It's like he's playing on a mini net. It literally would be like if we're playing on a mini net. So, like, when you're playing all, on a mini net versus everyone else, like, it's, he's going to get points. But he's, he's also playing against. He's also playing against grown men that are physically more imposing strength-wise than he is, probably. But he's way taller than and way, you know, has a way bigger wingspan than and grown men that he's 18. He's only going to get bigger and stronger. So, like, you have to take the chance. And we've seen skinny guys do fine in the league. We've seen small dudes do fine in the league. So you can't really go by just who's the biggest dude because then Glenn Big Baby Davis would be the best dude in the league. Like, it's not. It's not all about size, you know. High, high school Paul legend, Gates, by the way. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he was, but he's just an LSU guy. That's why you love him. That is correct. That is correct. Where do you think? What do you think the best landing spot for him would be? 
Oh, well, if I'm picking where I want Wimbledon to land, I either want him to land with Orlando or Oklahoma City for for my interest. Just because Orlando, you get um, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner, and him. That yeah. would be a fire young trio. And then in OKC, you get Shy, Chet, him, and you get the uh, the other guy coming back, number seven. I forget his name. Uh, it's Jill, like really hard Jill, Jill Williams. No, okay. Jalen Williams, he's also Giddy. a beast, but no, I'm talking about Giddy. The, uh, Josh Giddy. That's what I'm saying. This is a really fun team with Wimbanyama. But no, it's like Podoloski or something. Oh, oh, Pogoshevsky. Pogoshevsky. Yeah, Pogoshevsky. That's what I'm saying. So they have so much young, fun talent. I'd, I'd really love to see him there. Um, and then, you know, I don't really know exactly, you know, trades and everything for the draft lottery and things you know, scenarios like that. But, I mean, if the NBA is rigged, he's either going to go to Houston. That's where I don't or, want to see him. I do not want to see him in Houston. Or all. the Jazz or the Mavs. If he goes Mavs, to the Mavs would be crazy. Mavs would be nuts. But he's not going to go to the Mavs just because they don't want to reward their tanking. So they're going to fix that either way. Well, the other the other two the other two teams with the highest odds to get them was the Pistons and the Spurs, and which, in my opinion, I think those two teams are best fit to get them, just simply because, at least in the Pistons' case, like having him run the floor with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey for the next how many years would be really fun to watch. And then with the Spurs, you're just putting him into a world class organization, you know, business wise, which I think I don't want to see him, him because Spurs, like, what. I don't want to see him with the Spurs, though. Reasoning? Um, we don't need to see Tim Duncan 2.0. Let's get, <laughs> let's get him somewhere else. That's fair, I guess. I just think, like, for him, I, I don't want to see him in a fucked-up franchise like 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 uh, like the Rockets. And, like, for, for a team that, that cares as little as the Rockets do, and obviously it's going to change with Emei coming in, but, like, Jalen like Green doesn't care. Uh, Kevin Porter doesn't care. Like there are some guys on that team that simply don't care, and I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see a, a young, potentially one of the greatest players of all time in Victor Wembanyama's career be be messed up because of the players that are around him. I think that's unfair, though, just because they've been allowed to not care because they've been tanking. They've been literally doing this to get Victor Wembanyama. That's why they brought in Ime Udoka. That's why they have a dictator now. That's why he's going to get people into shape. That culture is about to change overnight. It was a do-whatever-you-want thing, but now it's not about to be. And They're probably going to trade some of those players to make sure that it's not. They're not going to keep everyone and have it stay that way. They're, going to, they're, they're, they're about to reshape this whole entire organization. Yeah, you literally just led to my next point with the Rockets and that like that's kind of the other thing that I don't want to see is, is – them like reforming their entire roster because there's a very, very, very realistic possibility that Jalen Brown could be a rocket by the end of the summer. Yeah, and I like Jalen. I I I like Jalen Brown. I like Jalen Green. I think that that would have to be the trade. But I um I like Jalen Green. He's just young and on a on a weird Rockets team. But I like him as you know a two or a three on a on a really good team, um, Jalen Brown would be interesting just because if he has to be the one, I would I would really be interested in seeing how he plays the one. He's got all the talent, all the moves. It's just it's just 
being a one, you know, it's not for everybody. So I'd, I'd be really curious in seeing how he plays. Yeah. All right. That's going to, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, we've seen, we've talked obviously a lot of extensively about, you know, the NBA and what's going on with that kind of stuff, but hopefully this coming Sunday, uh, Greg and Jake will be back with us and maybe you can hop on with us again and obviously get in their ear a little bit about the, how bad the net situation is right now too. I'll have I'll have definitive opinions on all the games by Sunday, absolutely. And I hope that they are all one one. I think that's where we'd be at in the series. I'm not quite sure, but I hope they're all one one. And because I can definitely break down all the series if they're at one one. I'll tell you exactly who's gonna win. All right. Well, it was good having you on and uh we'll we'll try to get you on at least you know another time in the in you know coming episodes so it's good to have you yeah on. thanks for having me on i, I did not do us stuff it was at first i was a little bit frazzled but but now a lot more comfortable all right well that's gonna wrap for fucking the middle podcast we'll uh see you next sunday <laughs> all right bro Sunshine, yeah, moonlight.